I'm Dean Newland, and welcome to the Business of Intuition, where I coach, facilitate, train, and speak on the hard science and meaningful experience of intuitive leadership in business, so you can make better decisions, forge real connections, and creatively solve problems to amplify your impact and simplify your life. Welcome to the Business of Intuition. Leaders, teams, and organizations are scrambling to engage their employees. And they know that if they don't, employees will look for greener pastures and simply quit. However, paying people more is not the answer. Employees want to know that their supervisors and their employers care about them. Therefore, one way companies can engage employees more is by making gratitude a part of regular one-on-one conversations, meetings, and company functions. A culture of gratitude is a culture of caring. A culture of gratitude inspires intuition, innovation, and engagement. And in those kind of cultures, why would anyone want to jump ship? My next guest on the business of intuition is Gina McAndrew, and she is perfectly suited to discuss the topic of gratitude. Gina is president and owner of McAndrew Training and Coaching, and is recognized as a leading source for employee training and development. She specializes in management, leadership, experiential, and customer service training. Her 25-year-old business has been built on more than 30 years of experience. She has unmatched ability to simplify the learning process into easy-to-understand language and concepts, which helps to make employee skill development fun as well as an enlightening experience. She is author of Six Figures, Mixing Friendship and Business Like a Good Martini. Gina McAndrew on the Business of Intuition. But Gina, it's great to have you on the Business of Intuition. And I read through all your stuff, or at least um, some of it. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) there was a word that popped out of my my reading, and it was gratitude. Mm -hmm. And I know that you're very into leadership development and learning for adults and for coaching. And I wanted to get your take on something. So recently, I went to a foundation fundraiser for an organization. And what they do is that they support the families and the the, the Marines that are, are coming back from their, their tour of duty. And there's a lot of statistics that say that this particular population has an extremely high level of divorce rates and suicide and so forth, obviously due to all the stress. And, and mm-hmm. one of the really hard parts of it is, is getting reacclimated back into family and, and sort of civilian life. And so their whole mission is around that particular transition point. And I just found that to be so valuable. And I've gotten really quite interested in them. In fact, they've become one of our clients. So long story short, I was learning more about them. And they've got somebody on their staff who is a neuroscientist and understands the workings of the brain and trying to figure out how best do we help these people coming back from their service. And the word that kept coming up in his language was gratitude. Mm-hmm. was how important gratitude was in the ability to be resilient and work through times of great difficulty and change. Could you speak to gratitude in your world and how it became so important to you when it comes to coaching and learning and development? Why gratitude? 
I think it's the essential piece to having all of us try to live and operate out of gratitude every single day. Personally, for me, it was during the pandemic that it hit me most because prior to the pandemic, I was working pretty much like a crazy woman on and off mm-hmm. airplanes, stand up training, in and out, go hotel rooms, home for the weekend, unpacking, repacking. And then it ended, stopped abruptly. Mm-hmm. And when it stopped abruptly, I was like, wow, what's happening here? I have nothing to do. I don't feel super purposeful. What, what am I going to do now? I thought I was spreading all this joy and cheer and leadership and helping people move forward and all sorts of things that I was representing when I was out there on the road and in training sessions. And then it came to this halt. And with this halt, I had an opportunity to stop and think. Instead of being like, what am I supposed to be doing now? I have to live in gratitude. I have to find out what is, what am I so grateful about? So am I grateful for this break? Yes, that are working like a crazy woman going to a thousand miles an hour in and out of, I don't know, if airplanes, all sorts of crazy things. And it really allowed me an opportunity to think about what is gratitude and what is it. And gratefulness to me is spontaneously within, like it, it rises in my heart along with happiness. Happiness rises in my heart. But the key to it is that you have to live gratefully. And that's where I really learned. So I was always grateful for things, grateful for work, grateful for having my health, grateful for having a wonderful family, my children, whatever. But all of a sudden it really came alive. And during the pandemic, it was a lot of people not living gratefully. A lot of people were living in fear and worry, stress, and I was like, all right, this is an opportunity for me now to figure out how can I take all the knowledge that I have in training and put it into a little workshop and try to work on that and try to have it become a little bit more prevalent about living in gratitude. So you're teaching or providing experiences for people to connect to that sense of gratitude, which sounds obviously, or maybe not obviously, so timely and so important. What does gratitude do that allows one to enter into learning better? Bad sentence, but you get the idea. Well, I I feel like it, it has a lot to do with your intuition. I feel like how we're, how how would I connect these two? I think you have to be intuitively connected to be grateful for things. And I'm talking about not just I'm grateful for my house and I'm grateful. You you have to live it like in every breath. You're grateful for, you're taking a shower. You're grateful for warm water because someone may not have warm water to take. Someone may not have any water to take shower. You know, I live really in the moment and you have to live in the moment of being grateful. And when I saw so many people living out of fear and having no work, having no job, having, they were all worried about all sorts of things, getting sick, dying, whatever it might've been through the whole thing is different for everybody. That I decided I have got to focus on what it is that I'm absolutely grateful for. And how is it that I'm going to teach that? And where does it come from? And I think it intuitively comes from people who maybe want to live that way. They just don't realize it. It's such a hard thing, I think, to grab onto sometimes because when someone's in such a flux, it's hard to be grateful 
you know, you, you don't have work, you, you, you don't have food. How am I grateful? So how yeah. do I, how do you get people to get into that place? You know? Right. And so that's when I decided to take the opportunity of having this downtime and try to create and spending time with people and, and having them understand a little bit more about gratitude and gratefulness and living in the moment. And it's about living gratefully and by becoming aware that it is a gift. It's a gift. You don't buy it. You don't, you know, there's nothing that you can purchase. You can't purchase gratefulness. You can't, you don't, you, you just have to like live it. Right. I ex- I know what you're talking about. Right before the pandemic hit, I was in a similar situation where it was almost a frenetic pace of movement and activity and production flights were happening, like you said, and you're right, it all kind of came to a screeching halt. Everything moved from live sessions to Zoom sessions. And I I understand what you're talking about. And in that particular frenetic time, it was almost like, it's not to say this was right, but I was so at the effect of this pace, it felt like, like I was just trying to maintain it and keep up with it versus being intentional about some of the smaller and larger things in life. And so it was, can I, can I keep, can I keep running this fast? Right. (laughs) Versus, well, let's sit around and, and be grateful about what I have and what I, what I appreciate. So is the opposite of gratitude disease as in disease? Yes. Say more about that. Well, I love, I talk about that all the time, which is dis-ease. And some people, I think because they operate out of fear, they operate out of something not going right for them. They don't have the maybe wherewithal or the skill or the tool to look at something a little bit differently. So I'm going to look at this differently. So instead of having, I, I don't, I don't have this, or I'm so afraid of this. There's, they would look, should look at what it is that they do have and how to maybe combat that fear, you know? And I do believe personal opinion that you, you can have diseases if you have disease in your life. Mm-hmm. And I just personally believe that, you know, I don't know how many others believe that out in the world, but I do believe that that's totally connected. Your mind, your body, your spirit is connected to what's going on in your body. So I'm a listener to this podcast episode. And I'm thinking, Gina, all right, sound, sounds good. I like what you're saying. But the problem is I've been in a habit of fear. I've been in a habit of some sort of low-grade depression. I'm in a habit of worry. And I don't like it because it doesn't feel like who I really am. And yet I have to acknowledge the fact that this is how I feel. What do I do? Yeah, this is the most difficult part because, yeah, (laughs) this is good. This is really good. This is fun. We, this is so not hitting an easy button anywhere I have ever seen. I do have some tools that I use that I continue to use with some of my clients. So there's the EFT, the emotional freedom technique. That is super powerful. I love that. All right. We'll have to put that in the show notes. Emotional freedom Freedom technique. technique. All right. I've not heard of that one. Oh, it's totally cool. It's tapping. And you, you basically use a little bit of, you know, kinesiology with tapping, you know, because yeah, so yeah. kind of the tapping and you tap really 
what it is. I mean, there's a whole process to it and I'm trained on it. So I know how to do it and I know how to have people use it. It's free to the world. There's no cost for it. I I show people all the time. Another thing that I use is called an enrichment process, which a very dear and wonderful friend of mine uh, wrote a book about it. I'll take flight with your life. And it's a process that I was also trained on probably 30 years ago on how to really kind of have your limiting beliefs, things that are stuck in your subconscious are stuck really in your body and in your belief system. And this is just a method of to try to take control and create like really good results to ensure your happiness and to get out of some of the ruts that you might be in. And super powerful. You've seen amazing changes with people. So that's another one. I think there's lots of tools out there right now that people can use. There's wonderful books. I've, I'm just in the middle of reading a book right now called Thank and Grow Rich by Pam Grout. Amazing. Nice title. <laughs> Thank and Grow Rich. And it's not about making money. It's not about, it doesn't have nothing to do with money. It has everything to do with when you focus on gratitude and you focus on being in that thankful state of mind, your your life grows rich. So, and so but, abundant. Let's bring it back into an organization. Let's put that back into that. I love what you just said. It's almost like I'm thinking around, you know, appreciative inquiry work. I'm thinking around the, you know, some of the movements around focusing more on a person's strengths versus our tendency in training and development to thinking about, well, where's the gap? Where's the development area, AKA where are they wrong, right? So when you think about an organization or a team that wants to, you know, improve its culture, become more productive, develop a better esprit de corps, how would you then build into that team this notion of gratitude? How do you, if I'm a team leader and I, and I want to take what you're saying and I, maybe I've decided to buy the books and do the trainings that you just mm-hmm. talked about, but is there, is there some things that I can do pretty quickly that might help introduce this idea around gratitude as a method or as a tool for learning and for building teams? So one of the things that I like to do when I talk to, to the clients is, you know, you're, you're delivering, you know, Dean, we delivered standard training, things that we know, the tools that are going to be good for people's tool pouch that give them some tools to do their job better, you know, yes. to be more productive, just everything that you're saying. Yep. And then what I usually like to offer is, is if you have, you know, if you have somebody that needs to, is stuck and is not moving forward, you know, we could do one-on-one coaching sessions. We can do things that are more one-on-one. Sometimes some of these things are a little woo-woo, you know, yep. <laughs> like yep. they're way out there and people are like, what are you doing? What do you mean you're tapping on your head? Or what do you mean that you're, yeah. you're doing some things that are so way out there, but I have to tell you the way out there things are starting to come together. They're not viewing it as so way out there. So I wish I had a more intelligent answer for you around this because I think it's still in the works. So people out there are still trying to do kind of whatever you call it, standard training or facilitating. We're giving them the workbook and we're giving them tools and we're giving them ideas of how they can make their life better. We have, you know, different profiles that we work with, you know, that mm. instruments, if you will, where people can take the instrument and, and kind of grade themselves on what it is that they're doing in all sorts of things, time management, listening, you know, or service, even personality styles. So right. 
we use all the inventories that are out there. I mean, I have tons of things that I use. When it comes to having people understand gratitude, I think it's a slow process starting to have people try to understand a little bit how to operate out of that. How is it that you do that? Well, I think the most important thing is it starts with you having awareness. Biggest thing, every day you try to do something that is going to create awareness for yourself. So some of the things that, you know, I thoughts and ideas that I give people are basically, first, I give them the benefits of gratitude. And there's so many benefits, you know, it, it makes us happier. It increases our psychological well-being. It enhances our positive emotion. It increases our self-esteem. I mean, there's a ton of reasons why that's the benefit of practicing gratitude. There's tons, 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 tons more. Yeah. Um, but some of the things that, that once you try to have someone understand it, uh, some of the things that I have given people to do are, you know, just ripped your day first thing in the morning. Like the day was kind of already over with. That's one of the things I say. So, so Dean, if you woke up this morning and I said, okay, I want you to wake up this morning and I want you to script the day. Oh, script the day. I'm sorry. I didn't script. quite hear that. Script it. Like, i.e., what's your intentionality for the day? How do you want exactly. this to go? And Got how it. do you, okay. as if it was already over, as if it was already five o'clock and working we're backwards, down, right? Working backwards. I think that's a great idea. Great tool. Another one is just really the, the references to kind of keep in front of you. So if you did pick up a book on gratitude, if you did happen to, you know, see a video on, on gratitude, you know, kind of keep that in the front. Meditate for yes, five yes. minutes, focusing on how you see your day, you know? Yes. Well, let me ask you, that, let me take another turn here. And I know we're sort of bouncing around this topic from different angles. And I uh, I think what you are saying is, is right on and needed because anything can become a habit over time. So can our pattern of thinking. And, you know, two years into this pandemic, we could say I'm in a pattern of thinking around fear, for example, right? We can redevelop new patterns of thinking that might be more in line to what you're saying regarding gratitude. And yet there are times when things happen that are sad. I was just talking to a CHRO from another organization. He was talking about one of his team members who had lost two key people, one to COVID, one to another disease within six days of each other. Sad things happen. Sorrow yes. happens. Yes. Uh, we're not saying that those situations need to be avoided in order to be, quote unquote, grateful. I mean, I'm just I'm throwing you a softball. But is that would you agree with that? I would totally agree with that. And that just happened to me also within the last couple of months. My friend, who is also my doctor, my primary doctor passed away from cancer, not from COVID. Mm, She's not sorry. only a friend, but a, yes, wonderful, and a dentist uh, two months later. So my two people that like holistically take care of me left. Yeah. And to try to find the gratitude in that. So where I was going with that was, okay, I'm so blessed that I, they were in my life for as long as they were. So blessed they took excellent care of me. I'm in great shape and good health and I have nice teeth because of them. So, you know what I mean? Even though I have experienced the loss and now what am I going to do? Where am I going to find a doctor? Where am I going to find a dentist? Like they were my people. It left me, left a hole in my heart and sadness in yeah. my heart. But yes, I still had to try to wrap my head around what. So, okay, I lost them and they're a great loss in my life. But 
what am I going to, what do I need to focus on that was really good about that experience? So while they were here in my life. So you're absolutely right. We should never denounce the fact that there's sadness or grief or we lost someone ever, never. We should never fluff that over. But there is a way, I think, to try to look at it and look at it in a way where it is going to help you survive that sadness. Yeah, I remember being at a coaching conference once, uh, where was it, New Orleans a few years ago, and the workshop presenter was talking about grief as a vehicle for learning, which was a, a way to not to say that we don't get to gratitude, we do, but there are certain times where we need to sit in the grief. We need to em- embrace it and feel it and also share it. That's what the person's point of view was that through community, through relationships, whether it be family relationships or people at work, that we share in the grief. And I think that one of the things that I've noticed with organizations is that in part due to the the separation that we've had over the last two years with COVID and having to have most of our conversations for a lot of organizations through these virtual environments, they are not necessarily predisposed to allow people to feel comfortable sharing that which is most vulnerable to them. We, we'd have a tendency to feel more comfortable when we can actually have a three-dimensional relationship with that versus, versus a two-dimensional mm-hmm. one. And so that the sharing of the grief that we all know is out there hasn't been really happening at a mass level. And there's so much potential camaraderie and commonality and, and uh, trust building that can happen by saying, Gina, I'm so sorry to hear about your loss. Tell me more. And we can share in our each other's grief as a way of building trust and relationship that then might allow us to get to gratitude a lot faster because now we have gratitude for each other that before maybe we didn't have. Exactly. Well said, Dean. You've got it. <laughs> Drop the mic. <laughs> no, I'm done. Yeah, no, but, but I'm just I'm trying to, re- you're, you're, you're inspiring some thought based on what you said. So I'm just trying to put it into a context that kind of makes sense. So I, I like what you're saying. I like I really do that if I were to sort of summarize that this work that you're about is around reorienting people's mindsets towards appreciation and gratitude as a way in which to build community and trust and learning environments. But at the same time, we're not going to gloss over the 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 sorrow that has happened. No. And sometimes the sorrow is our way to gratitude. Exactly. Okay. So let me ask you another question, because I know you're a practitioner of a process when it comes to learning and development. And I've, I was thinking about a, a client of late that does a lot of great work regarding culture and being able to put awareness to the need for certain things. So we get that everybody's aware of something, maybe through communication, through some activities, But then the work of translating whatever that is to a habit is not always that easy. I Mm -hmm. kind of think about it as a three-step process. You got awareness, you got a second step might be practice. The third step might be we have actually got it to a point where it's mastery. And now it's a habit where we don't have to will ourselves to do it. I see a lot of organizations and leaders go, I've told you what to do, but we haven't created a process to be able to practice it and to turn it into a habit which then we wonder why isn't the masses following the leader's direction, but because they never got out of that first gate. In your perspective, how do we create organizations that can go from awareness to practice to habit? What's that entail? What's your take on that? How do we do that? Yeah, that is 
again, not hitting the very easy button at all. No. <laughs> um, I think it's something, wow. I mean, that is, uh, that is exactly what I'm thinking of because it is a, when you think about it, it is not, uh, nobody thinks it's tangible, like a customer service program or a listening skills workshop or a leadership workshop. It's when, when we're doing all those kinds of workshops as a facilitator, a trainer, we have materials that say, if you do this, this is this, hopefully, you know, if you actually put this into practice, you will gain more clients. You will, you will have more customer satisfaction. You're going to do all this. What's what I'm seeing is that the world is just now starting to embrace a little bit more of this really soft skill stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the stuff that taps into you. And I would love to see more organizations do that, do, and, and, and not so much, they consider it feely touchy stuff, which most organizations aren't buying into. They just, they want the facts, facts of how, how is you going to, what is it that you have to do? How many times in customer service, how do you have to answer that phone within three rings? Okay. That's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to create a standard. What becomes difficult with things like this is learning more about yourself, taking the time to learn more about yourself, having organizations invest. So a lot of organizations do invest in their people. I'm seeing, you and I probably see a lot of that, but they're investing, they're putting money for, they're showing value to their employees. It's wonderful. But this, I think, is still a subject that people are just now wrapping their heads around. And I think it's going to be great pretty soon because it's going to get out there and more and more this type of work. So we're, you're having your employees tap into themselves first so that if they tap into themselves, make themselves strong, wonderful, great, feeling like they're good, productive people in society and they can contribute and add value. I think that that's where, where we have to start, where organizations have to start. And it becomes hard because you've got organizations that think this is still a little too woo-woo or touchy-feely or whatever. But what they don't realize is that once they get their people totally set, I mean, it's just going to take off. It's interesting a way you're making me think that organizations now, as we're, you know, as we do this taping, it's what in March of 2022, COVID numbers are coming way down there is once again, some light at the end of the proverbial tunnel that things Mm -hmm. may go back to quote unquote normal mask mandates are going to be off if they're not already. And, and, and all of that's true. And I was thinking that you're, as you're talking that organizations can't go back to the way things were and expect that we're just going to pick up to 2019. We got to rebuild this baby. We got to get back to foundational work, and that work starts. What you're saying, and I 100% agree, on the individual level. Yes. Are we resilient? Are we connected to ourselves? Are we taking care of ourselves? Are we grateful? All those basic things about the individual. Well, organizations hire people, most likely in many cases, to work in teams, to work for the organization, and so. It's almost like, wait a minute, I know we need you to work in this team. A lot of us are individual contributors, I get that. But let's say those who are doing work in teams, we want you to be four. It's almost like re-onboarding, re-onboarding to yourself, right? Re-onboarding right. to what makes you work and what makes you healthy. We know that if you do that, that will make you a better team player. 
And if that team becomes a high performing team, we will know we will be able to serve our customers and our communities at a better level. But we have to start over almost like Maslow's theory of, you know, evolution. We got to, or involve whatever that is. Um, enlightenment. We got to start uh-huh. with the self, right? Got it. Right. Although we do have maybe, you know, a roof over our head and food and water, we still need to rebuild ourselves as people. Right. In order to be able to serve another, in order to be able to serve the group and the masses and all the other things. And I think that's what I'm hearing you say is that mindset shift from an organizational level has to take place. Absolutely. Well said. Last question I want to ask you here. If the great resignation of which we are still involved in is, is, a, is a shift of power, if you will, from the employer to the employee, Hence, 50% of all people right now are seemingly actively looking for other employment. What should the organization be grateful for that if the employee felt it, maybe they'd stick around? <laughs> <laughs> that is so great. I I was I have to share with you a cute little sidebar and then I will answer your question, but I, all right, I don't wonder worry, what's yeah. happening. Okay. So I was in Florida and went to yeah. dinner with some friends and this restaurant was jammed, jam packed. And I got up and went to the ladies room and there was a sign on the wall in the ladies room that said, thank your server today because they are not on government funding. Right on. <laughs> and, and they might I be was doing like, the job of two people. Exactly. And that is exactly what was happening at our table that particular night as well. They were just jammed. This poor girl was trying to keep up. But you know, when I, I thanked her profusely, like, thank you for coming to work today. Thank you. So what was that employer doing? I wish I could have talked to the owner, but it was a madhouse in there. I would have pulled him aside and said, what, what are you doing? But you know what, just by putting a sign up shows me that that owner totally valued their employees for showing up. Because they have choice. And the employees go to the same bathroom and they see the same sign and they also know that they're valued. Right. Oh, that is exactly it. So it's simple. Look how simple that was. It was a simple, it was typed up on a sheet and taped up on the wall. Wasn't even framed. So like when you think about how simple that action was of the owner, but it also made everyone who used the restroom and sat down and patroned that restaurant, valued everyone in that in that restaurant. There was more patience. That's a great story. Nobody was aggravated. Nobody right. got mad. They were grateful. There was a really wonderful thing of being great. I was grateful that food server showed up to serve me. That's a great story. And that's something that we could do, all of us, in some way, shape, or form to convey not only to our customers, but to our to our employees that we are grateful for them. I was thinking about the great resignation and some of the stuff I've read and the bonuses that people are being paid to jump ship and, you know, healthcare companies having to add a $50 million to their payroll just to be able to keep their people paid at a level that they never budgeted for, but they have to in order to be competitive. All these things are doing about having to do with money and so forth, but in the end, it seems that there's one word, which is similar to what you keep saying, is that people just want to know that they are cared for, that the employer, my boss, 
cares about me. And I think what that means to me is it doesn't mean that I feel like my boss, my supervisor doesn't also have their own best interest in mind, but they include mine in their way in which they do work, that they know, and I know that they know <laughs> that I'm also a part of what they care about. And I think that that indifference that employees feel towards their relationship with their employer is why we have the great resignation, is indifference. And maybe that's, right. that's what your message is about, is around, we need to it be is. about gratitude. Exactly. And, and you know what, and, and organizations do not have to give trophies or awards or, or things that I think are somewhat meaningless. They just know to show the value and appreciate their people. Right. That is it. And I think they think it, you know, I'm not all about, hey, if your job is to change a light bulb, give, give you a gift card. No, it's your no. job. But I want to value and appreciate that person for maybe taking care of an entire outage, you know, and they took care of it and they persevered and they did it without complaining. And they, you know, were loyal to the company, you know. And so it's just an interesting dynamic that we're seeing, especially across generations and different yes. generations in companies. So different generations think different things. That's a whole nother subject, Dean. Yeah, that's another <laughs> podcast. <laughs> that's next week. It is. <laughs> but Gina, thank you so much for being a guest. It's been a really great discussion. How can people follow you, connect with you, know what you're all about? They can connect with me on LinkedIn, my website, which I think you're going to post somewhere, yeah. I think. Okay, yeah. so pr- pretty much through LinkedIn or through my website, you certainly can connect with me that way. And thank you so much, Dean. It's such a pleasure to connect with you as well. And thank you so much for having me today. I hope I- You're, you're welcome. You are grateful. I was so grateful to be able to, to talk with you today. Well, likewise, it made uh, you made my Monday morning. It's a great topic and I feel more energized as a result of our discussion. So thank you for showing <laughs> up and thank you for the great work. It's, it's exactly what we need right now. I think so too. Thank you so much. Appreciate your you support. Bet. All right. Thank you for listening to The Business of Intuition. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about Dean or Mission Facilitators Leadership, go to mfileadership.com. That's mfileadership.com.